Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Football Writers Podcast, featuring me, Mike Calvin. Patrick Barclay, the author and columnist, and Tony Hodson from The Coach's Voice. Rangers have the chance to win their first European trophy for 50 years on Wednesday night when they play Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League final. Now, there's always a risk in neutrals inserting themselves into the tribal rights of old firm rivalry. (laughs) But viewed logically it seems pretty substantial compensation for losing the Scottish League title to Celtic. The atmosphere in Seville is sure to be off the scale. The question is, Paddy, Mm. can this season's most unlikely football dream come true? What, do you mean Eintracht Frankfurt winning the Europa League tonight? Perhaps not. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. Yes, it it can, and I believe it will. I think I would say that with more confidence if Alfie Morelos was leading the Rangers attack because, you know, he's the big name player, sorry, the big game player, should I say, par excellence in Scottish football. But I still believe that they'll be good enough to beat a mid-table Bundesliga club. I mean, after all, they've already beaten better Bundesliga clubs on the face of it than Eintracht Frankfurt. Yes. Eintracht have knocked out, you know, fantastic clubs like Barcelona, West Ham, Real Betis, I think as well. So, I mean, you know, they deserve to be there and they don't deserve to be sort of written off. But this Rangers fairy tale is 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 the word. I mean, I'm a as you I'm a I'm a neutral. I hate Rangers and Celtic, <laughs> and uh, I'm a Dundee supporter. So we call them the ugly sisters, and 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 we would love to be rid of them. We would love them both to leave. And I'm I'm you know my views would not be considered odd by Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs support. You know, we would all. I think a majority of all supporters would love them just to go. Uh, so I, I'm not not a fan of them, of the Ugly Sisters. But on every Thursday night this season, on the, I've, I've been on the BT Sport watching them and cheering them and jumping up and down. And But, you know, yes, I could say it's for the Scottish football coefficient at, at UEFA, but it has done good for that. But it's not really. It's because I just admire this team and what they've done in Europe. I think it's been truly magnificent. When you watch them, you know, you use the word unlikely fairy tale. When you watch them, it doesn't look unlikely. They're a very, very good team when they're at their best. And in Europe, pretty well all the time this season, they have been at their best. Mm, yeah. Talking of jumping up and down, you know, I think one of the images of the season was was Ali McCoist dancing in the commentary area. 
Yeah. And what what he said in that moment when Rangers had just qualified for the final was he actually looked back and said, well, look, this club was playing East Sterling nine years ago. Now, is it time for a bit of perspective of where Rangers have come from, Tony? You know, in whatever guise that you wish to consider, because I know there's been a lot of controversy about mm-hmm. their demotion and associated elements of it. But this is a big club almost reclaiming its birthright, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's quite it, it, that contrast that Ali McCoy's referred to in the aftermath of the semi final win is, is kind of made even more marked by the fact East Sterling, the club he referred to, are now playing in the Lowland League. They're not even a Scottish League club anymore. Mm. I don't think there's any doubt that Rangers, in whatever form, whatever you call them, would 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 kind of ascend back to where they are now in, in the wake of that demotion, in, with, I mean, let's say less than a decade ago. I mean, there are still plenty, I don't know why Paddy signs this, but there's still plenty who refuse to acknowledge the club and its current guys as being the same as the one That's that went true. before. You refer to old firm games and Celtic fans give you quite the look. Um, <laughs> yes. But but the club still play, <laughs> the club still plays in blue, still plays at Ibrox, so it's impossible to disassociate them with what, what went before. There are two ways, being my kind of art student self, there are two ways of looking at it. On the one hand, you, when you look about this kind of phoenix-like rise from the flames, one is... It's a sign of the depth, of the passion, the support and the feeling that runs through and behind the club mm. and the jobs done by actually Ali McCoy to begin with, Mark Warburton, Stephen Gerrard before before Giovanni Van Bronckhorst took over. Mm. Or you could look at it and say, well, it's still a sign of the enduring weakness of Scottish football. This has happened so quickly and that in their absence, no club was able to really fill fill the void as chief rivals to Celtic. And yeah, the reality could, is probably a bit of both. Paddy would know better than me. You could say that about Milan and Juventus, you know, after they were relegated. I mean, that doesn't mean that Italian football's rubbish, you know. Yeah. But no, I, I do take your point. It was a very swift prize back. But it's fan-driven, Tony. You know, you're talking about, Ali was talking about Rangers playing East Sterling. Well, that game was watched by 48,000 people. <laughs> You know, um, it's it, it's when you've got a crowd like that, and and that's why I would say even if Leeds go down this season, they will come back. Crowds drive teams back, and Rangers were never going to be. Yes, they're reclaiming what they should be, as a, to use Mike's expression, by by just being in tonight's final. But and and that's where they want to be. They want to be in big finals. I mean, clubs with forty eight thousand, about fifty thousand, it is now every week, deserve to be aspiring to that. But no, this is. I mean, they they probably get bigger crowds now than they did in the in the days when they were, you know, winning winning the league more or less every year. So it's it, clubs are crowds, and and if you watch as I do. The, the home games in, in Europe and, okay, this will be like a home game tonight for both teams, actually. <laughs> you know, that to play in front of that crowd, you watch the Rangers players at the end of the victories that they've had at Ibrox, and you think, God, if I was a professional footballer, I would give, I'd give up money just to, to play in front of crowds like that. You know, there's people hanging from the rafters. You know, it's it's... Oh, it's 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 wonderful. How how I, I can talk like this as a Dundee fan? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, su- I suppose you know we will. It's natural, isn't it, Tony, to concentrate on the nature of their support because Seville basically will be under siege. But you know, so that if that gains the greatest attention from neutrals, 
should we redress the balance a little bit here by, you know, not overlooking the intensity and the quality of their football? I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> to say they've been underestimated on this particular cup run on this podcast, mostly by me, uh, uh, repeatedly. Me but the reality, the reality remains actually that they do play. Paddy may, may not like this, but they do play in a deeply uncompetitive league. So the fact they've been able to rise to the challenge of repeatedly playing against some of Europe's biggest clubs. I mean, the Dortmund performance, two performances were just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you, and, Tony. And I mean, they're, they're, pl- they're playing teams that are, are rubbish, really, by, <laughs> by European yeah. standards. I mean, I, I'm not being disrespectful I, because I'm adding by European standards. But I mean, I mean the, 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 the general performance of Scotland in Europe tells you more, tells you all you need to know about how different this is. Mm. Look at, I mean, Celtic have, 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 have won the league, but they were knocked out by an admittedly very good Norwegian team Bodo Glimp, but they were battered by Bodo <laughs> Glimp. They weren't, you know, they, they, they didn't play on the break or anything like but that Bodo Glimp, that outclassed Celtic. So it, it, that's an achieve. that's a, a, a sign of how fantastic this achievement has been. And, and there, are, there are players there, you know, Ryan Kent, James Tavernier, both English lads, and and I mean, they've been extraordinary, and, and it's only because there's so much going on down in England that, that they, as English players, have had so little coverage. I mean, Tavernier, you know, we, we go on greatly. We go on about uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and the fact that he's a playmaker and a goal scorer and all. Tavernier <laughs> scores twice as many goals as, as Trent Alexander-Arnold does and, and hardly gets a mention and the rest, down here. And the rest. The, one thing, I, the yeah. one thing I'd say about this, this particular Rangers squad is that they've been to the last 16 of this tournament for the last two seasons. This is a squad that's, that's built on what they've achieved in previous seasons. Yeah. They've grown together and the experiences they've yeah. gleaned from the past two seasons, I yeah. think it's had a major impact on that. There's definitely a belief here that they could do something in this tournament. Yes, yes. And, and I mean, Stephen Gerrard, you're quite right. I think it was you, Mike, that, that mentioned that, that this team's built by Stephen Gerrard. But my word, how beautifully Gio van Bronckhorst has finished it off. His, 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 you know, fantastic, rich experience in Europe, as rich as, as Stephen Gerrard's, if not more, you know, has, 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 has you know, the, the, the transition has been seamless and the improvement I think has been perceptible, and that's why I really fancy them tonight. Mm, you know, we have to give Stephen Gerrard a degree of credit for laying those foundations. Definitely, uh, Tony Gerrard from Bronckhorst. You know, he's been really impressive given the complexities of taking over. I was going to say mid-season; it was actually November. What do you see in his coaching style? There's a there's a bit of a Barcelona influence, you know, playing with. Rijkaard mm. or under Rijkaard. Obviously, he's from the Dutch school. Give me a, a sort of critique of his coaching style, please, if you could. I'm probably going to go against all of that and say that I, what what we see in him is 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 as much about man management as it is about tactics. We actually ran some. We did interviews with Xavi before he took over at Barcelona on the coach's voice, and he talked about the impact of Frank Rijkaard coming in. A boss in a really tough time in the early noughties. Xavi and a few others eventually broke in. And he said the main the main point about Rijkaard was that he was an incredibly good man manager. He spoke to all the players. He, he got on with them. He listened to them. 
he wanted to foster a really strong atmosphere in a club where there had been fractured relationships, albeit above above the playing squad. And it feels like Van Bronckhorst has inherited a bit of that from Rijkaard. Obviously, like that's a relatively relaxed figure. Paddy's right, he's inherited this squad. And it looks like he's improved. And bear in mind, they're doing, they've got to where they've got to without, without Morelos. Yes, <laughs> he's been missing. Got to, right. without, and he, he's not the only striker they missed. Kamar Roof has missed plenty of football as well. Yeah. He inherited, obviously, a squad that was closely knit. He hasn't gone in and ripped it up, but he's built on the work done before him, which is a very important thing that co- not all coaches do. Ancelotti is an absolute master at doing that, by the way. Yeah. And he tweaks where he sees necessary. And he's, a, you know, fast transitions, likes to get as many players forward, likes to score goals, doesn't sit back. And he's played different formations. You know, he's played, if you just look at this season since he's come in, 4-3-3, Plays has played a back three in European games where kind of John Lundstrom has played as a kind of adapted centre-back, which obviously mm-hmm. enables Tavernia to bomb even further forward than he usually yeah. does. So there's lots to like about what he's done. And it feels like there's a chemistry and an alchemy at the club at the moment that is going in one direction. And that's why I kind of, well, I don't know we've got to come to this later, but I'm fully agreeing with Paddy Otti and they'll win this. Yeah, on you, you mentioned James Tavernier, Pat. You know, yeah, you know a re- remarkable return from right back. I think it's it's over eighty goals he scored for them. Um, yes. You know, consistent, energetic. Yet, you know, despite suggestions he might fit in into the needs of a, an Arsenal, for instance, he, he hasn't really been mentioned in dispatches about coming back to the Premier League. No. Um, when you have a, you know, he's a galvanising personality. Yes, but these occasions, as we know, value experience. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ramsey. Oh yeah, right. Well, he's uh, the wild uh, card. If he's fit, he he played the last half an hour of a pretty facile three-one yeah. winner at third place yeah. Hearts on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, but if he's fit, and sadly, is is kind of Aaron Ramsey's middle name. It it is such an imponderable, and yet, how much has he got to give? You know, the second most talismanic figure in this Wales squad that's achieved so much. I mean, he's got, you, you talk about ex- top-level experience, he's got plenty of that. So, I, I, yes, I think he, he could be, it, to be quite honest, he's not played particularly well in the games that I've seen him play for Rangers. He's not really been outstanding. But, yes, when it comes to experience, when it comes to standing up on big occasions, then... Uh, He's a, he's a tremendous asset to have around. Along with you know, you did mention Tavernier. The, the the one thing that I forgot to mention when I was speaking to him, speaking about him earlier, is that he has this again. He has this big game personality, in that when he gets into a striking position, he doesn't panic. He hits it low across the keeper, or he he squeezes that one. Remember, he squeezed inside the near post, but after kidding the keeper that where he's going to hit it across. I mean, he's, he, he is, he's displays the coolness of a striker in front of goal. But that, that coolness is, is, is something that Ramsey can bring as well. But I, I, I would, the other player, I mean, you mentioned Lundstrom, you know, what, what big character he is, an adaptable player. And, and, the, and the guy I mentioned earlier, Ryan Kent, with his pace, his ability and willingness to, to move the ball from your back third to, to their back third and he's his character you know he he has he is what they call, what they call a winner you know he doesn't always win but he's a, he's he's really determined there's and and he's another player who i think can be be absolutely vital the player who's, who's really impressed me and to be honest i knew very little about him initially 
Uh, Calvin Bassey, if von Bronckhorst chooses to match up Frankfurt 3-5-2, you know, he could probably play left of a three or he can play as a, as a wing back. Now, here we've got a player, Tony, Leicester youth team, dynamic, physically strong, young. Those qualities have all been brought out by the Scottish game, despite any limitations. Is this another uh, example of the talent that's produced by Premier League youth systems or academies needing somewhere to thrive? In a, in a word, yes. And that somewhere actually we're seeing increasingly could be anywhere. They just need somewhere to play. I think I think the EPPP system brought in in England has had a lot of positive effect. But in terms of player development, that kind of under-23 system doesn't, for me, really foster the kind of first-team experience that young players need to kick on and develop their careers. So we're seeing Premier League clubs increasingly sending out players. In fact, in my experience, if you're a Premier League club playing in an under-23 team, that club don't deem you good enough to really have a shot. So they don't really, they're not interested in sending you out on loan. It's the players they send out on loan or that they sell. They're the players that probably have got, they either send them out on loan to develop experience or they sell them because they think they're worth something. I don't think Leicester necessarily knew what they had with Calvin Bassey. I'm not sure any of us have heard of him much since he went to Rangers, to be honest, but he's proven an incredible signing for them. He looks, you know, <laughs> he wouldn't be the first centre-back to get a big money move or really make a first wave in Scotland. I'm thinking about Virgil, right. Virgil van Dijk is an obvious example yeah. in, in more recent times. But again, it's that it's that playing week in, week out. We talked about the quality of Scottish football not being ultra competitive, but it is. it, it can be physical, it can be fast-paced. And for a young centre-back, it does seem like it could be a really, really good breeding round to develop the skills that can enable them to kick mm-hmm. on. He's probably, yeah. if you look at the Rangers squad, again, Paddy will know better than me, but if you look at the Rangers squad, and this is part of the reason I think they've developed as a squad really well and are pushing to win a title like this. They don't have that many players for a club that is doing so well that other clubs might go and look at. A lot of their, a lot of their spine are actually established pros in their late 20s or early 30s, or in the goalkeeper's case, 40. And Tavernier is a great example, who at his age now probably isn't going to get a big Premier League move. Bassi's the one. Possibly Ryan Kent, who Paddy's already mentioned, being another one who's probably only 25, 26, something like that. Still at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. uh, Bassi's only 22, 22. I think. Yeah. So he's a real standout. And it's a, what, what better way to showcase your talents than a major European final? It has. I mean, the, the influence of English football, and, and although I think Bassi was actually born in, in Italy, but, it, you know, he grew up with Leicester, as you say. Um, the influence of English football in Scottish football is 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 huge, and I don't think it's understood south of the border. I mean, Liverpool have just signed a 16-year-old boy from Celtic for £600,000, John something or other. Now, if he's 16 and he's good enough for Liverpool, he's worth more than £600,000. I mean, that's theft. And, you know, they, they, um, they, they're, they're also, I think, taking... An 18-year-old who's played all season in the first team fullback, uh, Ramsey at Aberdeen. So the and meanwhile, you've got lone players. I mean, I, as I say, I'm a Dundee supporter. When we played Dundee United, their best player was a Manchester United player who's on loan. And he's got 15 caps for Wales. I've forgotten his name at the moment, but he was the best player on the field. I mean, he's quality. But it 
at our level. And, you, you know, that in a sense, Scottish football, it's, it's being increasingly exploited by its, its bigger brother in England. We've got, at Dundee, we've got an 18-year-old centre-half who, who's got a chance. At, 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 and he's now having a trial at Sheffield United. He's never got near our first team because he's been kept, you know, he's not. So there's a bit of sort of uh, scrumping of apples going on, which is not <laughs> good for our game in the long term. But, but I, anyway. I, I, I know, I'm not going to dredge up the, you know, the, the, the age-old debate about, oh, let's get the old firm playing in England. Uh, but mm. I thought Kenny Dalgleish made an interesting intervention uh, in the mm. build-up to the final. I don't know what you think of this, Tony. He basically said... Celtic, who only won the title by four points, mm. they will leave Rangers behind simply because they've got more money. Now, is that tribal point scoring or is it financial logic? And does it, so there's a second part of the question, underline the importance of the Champions League place that awaits the winner of the game in Seville? On the latter, definitely. I think if you know any any team playing at the level or with the financial clout that Rangers or Eintracht Frankfurt have, that Champions League place is worth an awful lot. Albeit in the in the relative short term, the challenge for clubs at that level is making sure they get get back into it again. But as to Kenny's point, it seems like a bit of Dalgleish facetiousness to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, 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 also we we've, we've got to look at the disparity in financial strength and what that means. Is it is it strong enough? to guarantee Celtic the kind of dominance that Dalglish was was hinting at. As in, can they go, will it give them the power to go out and recruit the kind of players that will just knock Rangers into, into next season? The answer, I think, is probably not. I think good recruitment and good coaching still has the potential to counter that. And I think Rangers have done pretty well on that in recent times. The challenge for them is to kick on and turn that four-point deficit around next season. And it's not just being sort of nasty to Rangers as Celtic to say that we would just like to see, wish them goodbye. I think it'd be good for, I think it, they deserve it. You know, they a, a, a team with 48,000 or in Celtic's case, potentially 60,000 fans every home game, you know, really shouldn't be having to play at Livingston with, with all due respect to Livingston or, or Dundee. I would like to see them play, not, not necessarily in England, but in a... Um, uh, 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 Pan-European league, yeah. There's been, yeah. There's been historic Belgium, talk, hasn't there? Yeah. They should be playing Anderlecht and PSV Eindhoven, uh, not, not Dundee and Livingston. Mm. <laughs> what are you calling that, Paddy? I'm calling it... Well, you said Pan-European, Mike. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they, they, the original plan was... To call it such a league, what was it? The Ben Benelux. Was it? Or was it the Atlantic League or something like that? Was yeah, it? there was. Yeah. Well, that would have included Portugal, so that you know Rangers would be playing Sporting Lisbon, PSV Eindhoven, Anderlecht. You know, it'd be great. It'd be much more appropriate than. And given that they can reach all of these places in an hour and a half, you know, mm. okay, it doesn't help to save the planet, but you know what I mean. I, I think it'd be much more appropriate for clubs of their size uh, to, to be playing at, at, at a higher level than that 
at which they're playing. I'm sorry, it sounds defeatist for Scottish football. There is no way that uh, most of the clubs in a country as small as Scotland are ever going to compare with Rangers and Celtic in the same way as Hajduk, Split and, uh, and Dinamo Zagreb, you know, are going to be top in Croatia. Name, name, you know, the equivalent of Livingston in, in Croatia. You can't, I can't. On the other side, because there are two teams in this final, funnily enough, <laughs> uh, Oliver Glasner, the, the Frankfurt coach, Tony, you know, he's speaking of, of things falling into place. You know, obviously confidence is high there. Were there any weaknesses, do you think, that West Ham revealed in that semi-final, or were they basically, you know, pretty well beaten? Yeah, West Ham really underperformed across those two legs, and they they weren't great in the home leg, and then the, the early red card for Aaron Cresswell in the second leg kind of kind of killed it. They 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 huffed and puffed and worked really hard, as you as you as has become the case with David Moyes' team this season. They never give up, but they were never realistically in it, and Frankfurt were able to control it. The one thing I'd say about West Ham as well is that they they love being the underdogs. They love taking advantage of teams on transition and at set pieces. We saw it yesterday with the damage that. Um, Michael Antonio and Jared Bowen did, did to Manchester City. Yeah. Frankfurt don't commit players forward. They keep it very tight. They don't score many goals. They tend to play with a back three, two centre-mids sitting in front and a, and a, and a lone number nine in, in Borre with, with two tens behind. So that didn't really set up well for West Ham. And I think Rangers are probably better set up to take advantage of that. Frankfurt will, I guess try and get a goal and then sit back and keep it tight. But Rangers have been there and done it in Europe the last couple of seasons and I think yeah. they'll probably give it a better go than West Ham managed. Also, they've got a good record against Rangers. Last time they played them that I can remember, they beat them 12-4. In, yes, that <laughs> wow. was in... You remember the Antrax Frankfurt? You won't have remembered YouTube, but you will have read your in your history books about the European Cup final of 1960, seven, Real Madrid 7, Eintracht Frankfurt 3. And Eintracht Frankfurt, trust me, played well that night. But they'd got to that final by beating Rangers 12-4 on aggregate. They scored <laughs> six in each leg. So there is history here. Come on, Rangers, make it third time lucky. Uh, history, so, history indeed. But I don't, what also we, they've got, I think in abundance. Uh, and again, we go back to you know the importance of recruitment. Tony, Evan and Dickier, you know French centre back, only twenty two, talked of a Premier League potential. Tuta, another uh, Brazil, well a Brazilian centre back, again only twenty two. He was arrested after an hour of the final Bundesliga game of the season, a two two draw at Mainz. These are players who again will see this platform as a, as a, well, as a, as a, as a springboard for them, isn't it? Well, not rather than a platform, into another league. Yeah, and Dickie has been linked with Newcastle, hasn't he, already? Mm. Um, mm. And, and looked, again, without being hugely tested by West Ham, looked, looked pretty good across those semi-finals. In terms of the game itself, I mean, the, the thing is that we talked about Rangers and their kind of striker issues. Kamal Roof is racing to be fit, but may not make it. Morelos obviously isn't, isn't involved. They they set up against Leipzig with just the one striker in the semi-finals, and they might do the same. Now, the problem that a team with a back three has, if they're just facing one, both teams may face this in this final. If you set up with a back three against only one striker, then you 
then you obviously have numerical inferiorities elsewhere on the pitch. Mm. My guess is that we'll just see midfield absolutely flooded. Do you think it's, yeah, I was just going to say, do you think sort of Ramsey might play as a sort of false nine, given that he can finish? Um, and and that when you have a team that is, is as strong in, in central defence as, as they are, is Hinteregger, is he fit? He's another one he's racing a, to be fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's a right warrior. He is. I like him. And 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 Dickia, as you rightly say, is uh, yet another in the conveyor belt of French centre backs. But uh, you, you wonder if 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 just sort of not playing up against them might be a might be a good thing to do. But who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But it'll be. Yeah, I think I think it'll be it'll be very very tough and tight. But I do believe that Rangers uh, have enough to edge it. Bear in mind also that that Frankfurt, although the coach the the Glasner says that things are falling into place, and, and that's that's fair enough. They haven't won a Bundesliga game for two months, and that's because like Rangers, they become a different team in Europe. They the whether deliberately or not they are prioritizing it i don't i'm not not trying to wind up celtic fans by the way by saying there's anything illegitimate about their title but rangers have been better in europe it's a fact mm. is this the season tony that that actually the europa league has confirmed its credibility okay last last year you know won by villarreal who gets the champions league semi-finals but we can't look down on this competition can we no, and I think in a strange way, having two teams who are not Champions League regulars in the final almost validates it a bit more. We, we haven't just seen two teams that have dropped out of the Champions League kind of decide to give it a go and somehow get there. We, we've seen that. We have seen that in recent seasons. We've had Atletico Madrid, Man United and Chelsea have all won it in recent seasons. And clubs that obviously feel like they should be in the Champions League. It feels like the Europa League is kind of having this kind of slow motion assertion of itself as a, as a valid yeah. tournament. From an English perspective, it feels like the teams that have qualified or played in the Europa League in recent seasons have kind of said, we'll give it half a go. And then if we get to the last 16 or the quarterfinals, then we'll start to really try. Mm -hmm. And it just it feels like, and this is not a massive validation of it, but it feels like more teams are trying harder slightly earlier in the tournament. Yes. Do you, do, do, do you lads both think, agree with me that one of many good decisions made by UEFA in recent years was to make the Europa League a qualifying tournament for the Champions League. I mean, why shouldn't they get this reward? Because it is, it is potentially transformative for both of these clubs that are playing tonight. You know, the usual thing is you, you, you ask Seville, ask anybody who wins the Europa League, you get stripped or it or does well in the Europa League, you get absolutely stripped by bigger clubs. Well, if, if these players have the chance of playing in the Champions League next season and going straight into the group stage, then that's a powerful incentive to stay one more season. Mm. I suppose it also invites a brief nod to the to the conference, you know, derided, but it's proving its worth. You know, their final next week, Roma, Jose Mourinho, they play Feyenoord. Speaking of Mourinho, Tony, he's a coach who defines himself through trophies. I think we can expect more tears if they win. Yeah, why not? It's five years since he won a trophy, which was United in the Europa League. So, um... Yeah, he needs one. Uh, if it's funny enough, talking about teams whose form of, has fallen off a cliff, 
Wallace prioritised Stuart Roma have absolutely fallen apart in the last few weeks of the season in Serie A. And, and they might actually need to win this game to qualify for next season's Europa League, such as their position in the league. But yeah, Mourinho is a, he's a, he's a coach who, you know, prides himself on winning trophies and it's about time he won one. So final will be tough opponents, tough opponents. So it's no guarantee. They've got a few players, Feyenoord, who have interested Premier League teams. So it'll be an interesting game to watch. What about the well, for the, the exiles, for want of a better phrase? You know, Tammy Abraham has done exceptionally well in Rome. Chris Smalling, you know, the ghost of Manchester United's past. <laughs> Yes, it is great for their careers to be. I, I mean, as as if you implied that you like the conference, I certainly do. I think it's great for for ambitious club, Leicester. You, you know, the clubs just below that that level and and the top level, and it it certainly is is going to give Abraham Smalling other players an experience that. They'll remember where is the final? It's in Tirana, I think. Uh, yeah, by yeah. And uh, I mean that's also great. Uh, that's another good thing about it. It brings a major final to a city that uh, and a country that otherwise wouldn't get it. So I, I think it's been a huge success for me. The Conference League, I take it seriously, and um, I love watching it. I've watched probably as many as um, conference games as almost as I've seen Europa League games on the telly this season. So, yeah, uh, bring it on. I think, it's, I think it's, it's great. And it gives teams, little teams like Manchester United, something to fight for, doesn't it? <laughs> right. OK, well, let's um, just, you know, finally, I think this is going to be a statement of the obvious, but asking you both, can Rangers do it? Can they win? Yes. Uh, really... The Rangers should be all Rangers supporters, all 25 million of them thronging the streets of Seville as we speak uh, and making their way to the game will hate me for this because I'm the worst forecaster of all time. But I've never been more confident about a British team in, in, a, in a final than I am tonight. And as I say, despite the doubt over Kimar Roof, who's been such an able deputy for Morelos, I think they will find with the tactical experience and expertise of Giovanni van Bronckhorst, they'll have enough to win it in 90 minutes. That's my forecast. Tony? I am as confident as Paddy is and as confident in Rangers winning this as I was of them losing to Borussia Dortmund many, many rounds ago. Um, oh, dear. So I can, so can only apologise <laughs> and thank God that all the Rangers fans are currently in Sevilla, not in my little corner of south-east London. Um, but I also I think it'll be a very tight game. I think it's set up for a winner from a player who isn't a striker and I think a marauding right wing-back wearing the captain's armband will get the winning goal for Rangers. Oh, if, uh, sounds lovely. Yeah, since it's true confessions time, I, I I also wrote Rangers off before their 4-2 win at Borussia Dortmund way back in mid-February. Look, it's no surprise, is it, that this run to the final has had elements of a crusade. I think Rangers have, have resembled a force of nature, especially in the latter stages of the competition. Yes. I take them to win, and I take their fans to drink Seville dry. <laughs> All told, that's not a bad double. Um, in the meantime, uh, thanks to Tony and to Paddy, and thank you for listening to the Football Writers Podcast. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.